Hello and welcome. Zlatan gives his blessing to Milan to sign former Juventus forward Mario Mandzukic. Insigne scores a brace as Gattuso's Napoli routes struggling Fiorentina. Roma struggles all week as they lose the Derby del Capitale and Paolo Lopez receives red as Igalo Rossi go two men down in a dramatic Coppa Italia tie against underdog Spezia. And Inter Milan take on Juventus in the famed Derby d'Italia. This is Left Foot Finish Calcio Edition. Okay, let's jump right in with the Derby d'Italia. You got Juventus going up against Inter Milan. Antonio Conte versus Andrea Pirlo. And Pirlo obviously used to play under uh, Conte on, uh, with Juventus and uh, with the Italian national team. I love this matchup right away. Uh, the Derby d'Italia has always been, has always provided great matches. And unlike the most recent Liverpool-Manchester match uh, that we watched this weekend, this one, this one was a bit more exciting, a little bit more faster flowing. And this game is a perfect reason as to why I love Serie A so much. And I think it's an underrated league. I don't think it gets the appreciation it deserves. Uh, most people, especially here in North America, look to obviously the Premier League, the most famous. And then you had La Liga, which for a decade housed the likes of Ronaldo and Messi, Bale went over there. A lot of superstars went there. And the German league, to a lot of, to a lot of soccer purists, love the German league. And I love the German league too. It's very technical. Of course, the Germans uh, technically play so well. But I always feel like Serie A used to get lost in the woodwork. And, and it wasn't always the case. Uh, in the 90s, it was a dominant league. And even in the early 2000s, I, I feel like there was a bit of a transition period towards the the later 2000s, but it still was it still had potency. There was still superstar power there. The teams were still great, and I feel like some of that is starting to come back. It's unlike most people that watch soccer casually, and even even a little bit more than casually here. You know, you're exposed to the Premier League, the Bundesliga a bit more, so it's a bit different watching Serie A, just in the flow of play the tactics used, the setup. I mean, as much as I, as much as the Premier League is exciting, uh, and it is one of the most exciting leagues in that anything can happen on any given day, the Italian League, as far as as flow and beauty of the game, I think it, it's right up there. It's one of the best you see instead of, instead of the ball being knocked around in the back and then thumped up for a large center forward to, to bring down or to chase. Uh, there is a lot more interplay, but it's not the tiki-taka style that La Liga became so known, well known for when Pep Guardiola was there. There's just a lot of fluidity to it. And again, if you really enjoy the game of soccer, the defense, more often than not, the defense in Serie A is, is a magical thing to watch. And that's not to say there's no goals in there. If I recall correctly, uh, I believe 2017, 2016, one of those seasons, it was the league that held the most goals, that had the most goals scored. Now that could be up to, it was a bit of a weaker league at the time. Um, you could make that argument. I personally wouldn't. I think it was a lot more exciting. There was 
just some good quality play that year and and many years following that after uh, obviously the the Italian league took a bit of dip in form some of the big name teams have have dropped but I think things are starting to turn around and I'm excited and this Derby d'Italia Juventus Inter was a great was a great showing of that I thought it was it was it showed off the best this uh, that Serie A has to offer and you look at it right away Juventus goes into it yes they've been struggling this year uh think that would to be as expected new manager under Andrea Pirlo his first time managing the the senior team, I believe he had a role with with development with them prior, and they lost some really good players in Cuadrado and and Pjanic. Uh, obviously, that Pjanic for Artur trade, I think that may have weakened them a, a little bit. I don't think Artur has has really given them what what Pjanic used to, and and they're down in the standings. But still, the the star power is certainly greater than what Inter was going into this game with. I mean, you look at the starting lineup here. Chiellini partnered with Bonucci at centre-back. Danilo and uh, Frabotta uh, playing in the full-back position. Now, Frabotta is a bit younger. He has some growing to do. Danilo is quite the quite a good player, especially in Serie A. Uh, they are missing Alexandro, but what they're making do. Then you look, you go to the midfield. Aaron Ramsey, who is really turned it on since uh, joining Juventus in the Italian league, scoring goals, working surprisingly well with Ronaldo. I enjoy watching those two work together. It was not a partnership I thought was going to be as successful as it is. Adrian Rabiot, of course, coming from PSG. And uh, the Fiorentina Loni, who's really turned it on since joining Juventus. Uh, Federico Chiesa, who I've always been a big fan of, and I'm, I'm glad to see that he's he's finding success there. And then, of course, you got Morata and Ronaldo up front. So you just look at that lineup and you think, Phew. and you think Juventus has, has got it pretty easy going up against uh, Inter, who's had troubles finishing off opponents. Now, uh, Inter is above them in the in the standings going into this game. But, you know, never count Juventus out. They took on Milan, albeit it was a weakened Milan side due to injuries and, and COVID. But they did take them on and were quite successful. And Inter starting 11, Handanovic in net, obviously the captain, Skrinar, DeVril, Bastoni, Hakimi, Ashley Young, who's no slouch in it since uh, moving to to Inter. He's not, obviously, he's not the player he used to be, but but still pretty solid back there. Arturo Vidal playing against his old club, uh, who always just brings energy to any team he's playing with. Nicolo Barella, Brozovic, Martinez, and and then the, the big Belgium up front, Lukaku. So as for looking at it strictly at star power, you're you're definitely leaning more towards towards Juventus. Now I always love watching Antonio Conte teams. They're some of my favorite football to watch. They're teams that they they can attack and attack, but they're still able to defend incredibly well. They're very fast paced when they need to be, but they can also slow it right down if if need be, and they can control the game. Like they, Antonio Conte always plays a game where his team is going to dictate the pace of play. And they never seem to be out of control. There is, there's beauty in his ability to have a team play with such structure, but also have fluidity to it. And this inter team playing against Juventus was no different. It, they came in with the 3 5 2. It's always a bit of a tricky formation to figure out, especially if it's played well. And Conte's teams usually play it very very well and Juventus came in with their with their 442 uh they have they have noted it is a 442 but 
to me, it's not a traditional one. And uh, to others in the game, they've noted it's not a traditional 4-4-2. It is very fluid. It does, it can change. It's dynamic. It can be a 3-5-2 at times. And I'm enjoying watching Pirlo. And you see a lot of influences from, from managers that he used to be, that he used to play for. I'm thinking specifically of Marcello Lippi when, uh, for the Italian national team. Carlo Ancelotti when he was with Milan. And of course, the manager he's going up against, Antonio Conte. Pirlo has managed to put his own very unique Pirlo spin on everything. It's a very interesting, very fluid system that he has. The mids and the wingers are allowed to roam freely. They can drift in and out. Uh, one player replaces another. It's it's almost a form of total football. It is very nice to see. I think they're still trying to figure it out. In some instances, you could argue that uh, the Maestro is doing a little too much of that and and I'm reverting back to certain tactics that could, you know, help them when they get into certain situations during during matches. And as I said at the top, I think they really are missing Pjanic. Uh, they've got Bentancur there in in the pivot man, and I'm not I'm not overly convinced with him in that position. He did look like he struggled again against Inter a bit. There was a few sloppy giveaways at times. He didn't control the mid the way you'd want that position to do. Uh, of course, with the likes of Barella on the other side, there was very difficult, and and we'll get into that. But was I liked that Pirlo went with Chiellini to partner up with Benucci, that that uh, classic pairing. Uh, previously under Conte and Allegri, they, Juventus played a three-five-two with the three center backs: Benucci, Barzali, and and of course Chiellini. Uh, now with this partnership and. And now under Pirlo's system in this more fluid 4-4-2 with the fullbacks allowing to go up and and join a bit more instead of having wingbacks, they kind of almost allow rely a little bit more on, on the partnership of the centre-backs. In this instance, it was Bonucci and Chiellini to do the heavy lifting in the back. And they kind of got caught a few times. You saw I, I Inter exposed some weaknesses in, in Juve's play and, and formation. And in the end, I think it could have been a lot worse for Juve. Inter had plenty of chances, but they just couldn't capitalize. That, that goes back to uh, they've had they've struggled a bit closing out teams. They didn't against Juventus. They they did they managed to finish out that game, but it could have very easily been a different story. It could have been five nothing, six nothing uh, with all the chances they got. So I liked the I liked the starting of Chiellini to match up against. He's a Lukaku is a big strong man. Who's only gotten better under Conte? You know he's finally figured out how to use that size and that frame, hold up the ball, and, and play with his strike partner that he's got in the three-five-two, and that was always the the ability that he's the skill that he struggled with at Man United. I know a lot of United fans are probably looking at that a little upset with it, but I know Conte has been really pressing that with with Lukaku and and his his strides he's made in that area have been very impressive so playing Chiellini there and over delict is is a pretty good idea yes Lukaku has the speed over Chiellini but Chiellini's been around he's very experienced sometimes you can sometimes that that experience can can counter uh speed and skill and I thought he for the most part he played Lukaku well there were times when he got caught but he was he was right up to him he was tight he made strong tackles when he had to. But as far as defending the rest of Inter, Juventus definitely did struggle. 
and they almost seem to struggle to keep up with the with the pace of Inter. Conte teams they play very when they play well. It's because they're playing together. You could see it's it's a team play, and this was very obvious with Inter. Whereas Juve looked a little bit disorganized at times, and and they didn't seem to be playing as a team. It looked more like eleven individuals out there, whereas you know Inter was playing as a unit, which you have to in a three-five-two. It's the only way it works if everybody is on the same page and if you're playing as a unit. And the the derby the derby did not disappoint. It was from the get go very fast paced, a lot of movement, a lot of chances. You could definitely tell Inter found the weakness in in Juve's back four, and it was obviously uh, Frabotta on the left hand side, playing left back, left wing back, left winger at times too. They kept coming down that side. They kept coming down the right, pushing pushing the play. Uh, Frabotta does struggle. Did struggle against a lot of their runs. There were instances where Inter would just knock it around, keep possession, control the, the tempo, and then and then attack down the right. And that's where most of their chances were coming, especially in the first half. Things may have been different if if Chiesa wasn't offside on, on Juve's disallowed goal. And not too much longer after that, you have some outstanding play from Vidal and Barella around the 12-minute mark. You know, just a lovely... A lovely cross in. Vidal gets his head on it. He wanted it more. It was a bit of a mistake on, on Danilo's part. I mean, rule one, as a defender, you need to be in front of your man. He loses out to the run by Vidal. It was a great run. It was a great effort. I don't want to take anything away from Vidal, but Danilo did make a mistake. He got caught on the wrong side of Vidal and just loses out on the header. And it's one nothing Inter. And that's that's what you need to do as a great team. You need to punish those mistakes. And that's what they did. Oh, and after that goal, Inter kept coming down on the uh, on the right side, exposing exposing Frabata, having forcing Chiellini to come over and cover, which leaves Bonucci to deal with with the, the middle of the park. And when you you're playing with that strike with a strike partnership as as they were in the three five two, you know that can be a lot to handle because Danilo has to pull back in too. And after Inter got that goal, they pressed when they needed to, although although not as much. They seemed a little bit. Happy to to just defend Juve, uh, who seemed for about a 10-15 minute span there to control a lot of possession, but not much was coming from it. And when they got their chance, they took it and countered again, flowing down that right side, middle middle park right side ish. And Barella, what a game he had! Man of the match, certainly. He really controlled the game. I thought his pace was fantastic. He was dictating the play. Most of Inter's Inter's dangerous chances, most of their play flowed through Barella. It was a joy to watch. And he caused a lot of issues for Juve. At one point, Frabotta gets exposed, forcing Chiellini to make a decision to press or to hold and defend that line. And as a defender, you definitely don't want to get caught. Especially as a center back, you don't want to get caught in that position because you're going to force your your center back partner to make a tough decision as well and you're and leaving your, your back line exposed. Juve throughout the whole game didn't seem to me to be playing good Italian defense. They, they were leaving gaps. Their wings were open. Uh, I think a part of this has to do with some of the, the formation tactics that Pirlo's running. But but there were openings, They and they looked frantic at some times. Uh, and it's tough when you've got your fullbacks pressing up that high. You're relying on, on your two center backs to do most of the heavy lifting. Which, if you're going to pick two center backs to do that, obviously Bonucci and, and Chiellini, but there's only so much they can do, and 
and Inter did not let up. They pressed when they had to. They saw the opportunities and they took it. And you see it. You see it in their second goal. And again, how different things could have been. Inter's second goal started from that goal kick, but that goal kick came when for the one and only time, really, that Juventus was able to get a penetrating ball in deep over the defenders. It was a, it was a beautiful curling ball from Danilo into the penalty area. And Ronaldo just didn't seem to go for it. I, I don't know. That was very unlike him. He just missed out on attacking it. That results in the goal kick one, two, three passes later. And Bastoni knocks it up to a charging Barella. And this is where you see the weakness in in Juventus's play. That huge gap they left in the middle of the pitch. And nobody's stopping Barella. He was like a bat out of hell. He was gone. Hammers at home high and hard against Shishesny. Uh, you could argue that maybe Bonucci and uh, Frobotta were a little confused. It, it did look a little bit like Bastoni was actually aiming for Lukaku rather than Barella. But nevertheless, that was a brilliant counterattack. Exposed the weakness of Juventus. And, and what a great goal by Barella, who had a great game the entire match. I think he was definitely helped along with the fact that he didn't have to do much defending. He was able to control the play. Juventus never really looked all that dangerous coming through the middle of the park. Ramsey was a bit invisible out there. And as a result, never worried. But Ella, uh, they did, uh, Juventus really did struggle in the mid, which is why, obviously, Pirlo has to make that change, bringing on three, uh, three different midfielders after the second goal just to try and spark something because there was not much going on. But Barella showed great maturity in his ability to control the game with his play in the middle of the park down the right side. He's going to be a great player. I can't wait to continue to watch him grow. I did hear that he is linked with a move to Tottenham or at the very least Tottenham is interested in purchasing the the young Italian playmaker, which I really hope he stays in Inter for at Inter for a few more years under Conte. I mean, if you look at the two managers, Mourinho in, in Tottenham and Conte at Inter Milan, if I'm a young player, I definitely want to play for Antonio Conte, especially if I'm a young Italian player. I think the development and the ceiling is way higher under Antonio Conte than it is Jose Mourinho. I've never been convinced. I've never been a, a that big a fan of of Mourinho's ability to bring along and develop players. Not to take anything away from his management, I just don't. I think for a young player, Antonio Conte is the better option. So I hope he stays there, even though I am an AC Milan supporter. And Inter is our ultimate rival. But I think it's good for the game. It's good for the league. Uh, Bardella stays there at least a few more years. The, the team that Conte is building up there, they, you could tell there's still a lot, of, uh, a lot of youth in that team and some ways to go. It would be something if they could pull off the Scudetto this year. I mean, they're not that far off. It, it's going to be a fun race. But how good that team is going to be if they continue the path they're on in just a couple of years. It's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, especially with the emergence now of AC Milan back where they belong. You know, I always think, I think it's good when when the, the classic teams, in any league really, but especially in Italy, I, I think it's good for the, for the league and for the country when those top teams are at their best and to see Milan back at the top rather than floundering in seventh where they have for the past six or seven years. It's really good. Inter's back up there. Juventus, they had struggles, but turn it around under Antonio Conte. 
then uh, Allegri and now hopefully Pirlo can continue that that growth. So having having strong teams in the Italian league, I think it's great for it's great for the for Syria and for the country. Uh, but getting back just to finish off Derby d'Italia, you know they they go two 0 up, and you'd expect a lot of teams to just sit back and and defend. Which towards the last 10, 15, 10 minutes they did. Juventus did manage to turn it on a little bit. There wasn't too much that came out of those subs. Uh, McKenney provided a bit of spark, but other than that, it was par for the course for Juventus. And and that is the beauty of Conte teams. When they're at their best, they play with complete control. They can keep the pace up. They can attack, retain the ball, slow it down, speed it up. And that's what Inter did. There was times when Juventus still looked suspect. I know they're pushing for a goal and that's what you have to. But it was it it was a pretty dominant showing by Inter Milan. And their defense stayed strong when they had to. They were structured. They weren't frantic the way Juventus was. And it was a, it was a derby that, that lived up to the hype. A goal from Juventus would have been nice as well, but I, I think it was a good game. It was a fun game to watch. If you're a fan of Serie A, that was definitely one that should have been on your radar, and, and hopefully you didn't miss it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back after this. So what is going on with Roma? Dropping the Derby della Capitale, the Lazio 3-0 on, let's face it, what were three pretty preventable goals. And then three days later, going on and losing to underdog Spezia in an embarrassment of a game. It was a good game. It was a, it was a classic Coppa Italia match. There was excitement. It was dramatic. It's what we love. But if we're being honest, it was an embarrassment of a show for Roma. And let's start with the Lazio game. Good kudos to Lazio coming out right away. High tempo, high intensity. They were all over to Roma. It looked like it was going to be a classic derby. Uh, Roma was had, had a few brief moments there. But 12 minutes in, 13 minutes in, whatever that goal was. But, but defense just letting them down after that. That first goal was a shocker. Great hustle from Lazzari. No quit on that play, uh, charging down. No quit on that play, but but if we look at it from the very beginning, you know, it's it's coming from a, a ball up from Pepperina in, in net. I mean, it should have been dealt with right away by the Roman defenders. And and what I don't understand is Chris Smalling is Chris Smalling. You know, a veteran presence, a guy who's been around, played for Man United. He's at the center of that that back three, you know, sorted out. What are you guys doing back there? A, a silly a silly giveaway off the long ball from the keeper. You know, should have been cleared with, should have been dealt with in that instance. It wasn't. Immobile jumps on it, plays it out. It wasn't the best ball out wide. Goes goes straight to Ibanez. And I don't know how he didn't feel that that pressure coming from, from Lazzari right away or if his teammate, uh, the stadiums are pretty quiet now. I didn't hear anybody yelling to Ibanez that you know Lazzari is closing down on quick, closing down on him quick, and and to, that's to me we're smalling on that. That's you're, you're centering that that back three. Let your partners know. But great effort, great hustle by Lazzari. Tracks it down, knocks it loose, and ends up at the feet of Immobile in front of in front of the net, and he's not going to miss from there. Great goal in. 
goal number two, you know, Roma's playing high line with the with that back three. Uh, Lazio's got four guys up. Three of them are offside, but they played a great penetrating ball in. I thought they did that the entire game. The entire game, they got they got balls in behind the defenders, made and on the ground too, which was impressive. Um, their ta- Lazio's attackers made great runs, and and the second goal came off a play like that with Lazzari coming down the side. A great a great through ball. And what I did like to see, what I liked to see in that play is after he went down in the box, yeah, he tried to go for the the penalty a little bit, but when he saw the ball was right at his feet, you know, he kept the, he, he shot back up and started playing right again. Beautiful assists to tee up that second goal. Great shot. It was nice to see Lazzari keep playing there, even though he was looking for a penalty. But again, just looked like some really weak defending on Roma's parts. And again, Smalling is centering that back three. You, know, you expect a little bit more from him sorted out back there. And goal number three, a shot from well outside the 18. you got to close down those shots. You can't give them that much space. Uh, it was a great shot. Maybe uh, maybe Paolo Lopez was a little bit screened by one of his, his own guys. But that shot should have never come off in the first place. Uh, it's a just weak, overall weak play for Roma. Struggling a little bit more lately uh, and that game against Lazio was a great example of this. And then to go off and play Spezia and the Coppa Italia, you know, everybody's expecting you to win. And to be honest, they should have, but Spezia goes 2-0 up and now Roma's playing on the back foot and they got to fight back and, and even it up, which they do. And that's impressive in its own right. I mean, going coming back from 2-0 down against any team is always impressive. So, the the courage that that takes and they they were playing well so was Spezia and just for Roma to get it to extra time after all all the um all the adversity that they have been facing at least this week for them to make it that far and then for Mancini to take a second yellow is just is just ridiculous and it was one that wasn't necessary and I'm part of me and I'm also confused as to why he wasn't taken off in the first place. His first yellow came early in the game. It's the Coppa Italia. You, ha- you have five subs. You're playing Spezia. You know, it's okay to take Man- Mancini off. He's already got a yellow. You're just playing with fire at that point. He takes the red and not two minutes later, Paul Lopez, the goalie, comes out and <laughs> essentially drop kicks a Spezia striker. I don't know what he was thinking. It was a complete brain fart from Paulo Lopez. But for your goalie to take take a red in that moment, minutes after you've are you've already taken a red and are down a man. Thankfully, they had one sub left, and were able to sub in a goalie. So one of the out one of the outfield players didn't have to uh, bite the bullet and go in net. But you could just see it's you're playing two men down now, and Spezia. They good for them. They didn't feel rushed or or the pressure to that they needed to get that goal. They played their game. They controlled the play. Uh, Roma didn't do too bad in in the first half of extra time, keeping their shape, keeping their structure. But it's difficult when you're two men down. And and Spezia did what they had to do. They they bided their time, found their opening, and and popped in two goals. That last goal by. Saponara, that cheeky little chip from just outside the 18, that was pretty impressive. But very disappointing from Roma. You'd expect better from them 
uh, you'd expect better from from Paulo Lopez. It was a ridiculous card to take that pretty much sealed it, because extra time Copa Italia, only down by a by one man. Maybe Roma's got a chance, but losing your goalie, going about down two, absolutely ridiculous. It just makes it things even more difficult. And and Spezia capitalized, and it was good to see. So we're we're gearing up for another classic Copa Italia. Can't wait, can't wait to watch the next round. And as for Roma, I think they're gonna have to do something here in this January transfer window, especially with uh, Nicolo Zaniolo out until March, with that knee injury. But whether it's it's going out and and finding finding another finding another player who uh, I mean it. It would be impossible to replace Zaniolo, but somebody who could really control the mid for them and and maybe and sit just in front of that back three, uh, just in order to help them out a bit. I, like I said, you'd expect a little bit more from Smalling. He's not a bad player, and he's done really well in his time with Roma. I think it's just a poor run of form on his part, on the entire team's part. They need something that can help them turn it around, hopefully before it does spiral even more uh, out of control. But Lazio played great. Spezia played great. They both deserved a win. And it, it makes for entertaining football. And lastly, to uh, wrap up the show, let's review the latest transfer news for Serie A. Obviously, the biggest news is the the blessing from Zlatan Ibrahimovic to, for Milan to sign former Juventus star Mario Mandzukic. Now, when I first heard this, I was a little upset. I didn't understand what Milan was doing, I, I, I saw no need to bring in another striker, especially uh, another striker who's over 30 and is in all likelihood on the downhill slide. But they're not bringing him in uh, as in a starting roller to bolster that attack. It, it's to to strengthen the depth that they already have, especially with Rafael Leal being out and who knows what else could happen in this unpredictable season. Mandzukic has a, has a proven track record in Serie A. I think now... I'm convinced. I think it's it's not. I think it's a smart move having somebody like Andzukic to go to in case you need him. He'll probably enjoy being back in Italy. Uh, I think it would be a lot of fun too to see maybe one game where him and Zlatan hook up, have them both sit up front together. That's not exactly the uh, the right style or formation that Milan play right now. Uh, so I I don't see it happening. It's not likely. But dare to dream. Uh, and, and hopefully Milan can continue this good uh, run of form. In other news, Ahmad Diallo completed his move to Manchester United from Atalanta. The wonder kid has been compared to the likes of Messi and especially uh, Ronaldo. Talking a lot about Ronaldo's move from sporting to, to United back in 03 and how that really put him on the map. And not a lot of... Other than... The teams that were interested in Ronaldo at that time, which were a lot of them, most of the soccer world didn't really know who he was. Uh, so hopefully, you know, it isn't just another case of here's the next Messi, here's the next Ronaldo. All the best to Diallo. Uh, I'm excited for him. Uh, rumor, There's rumor that he might start or at least get into a game soon. Um, hopefully Atalanta... Atlanta has a proven track record of growing and developing players, so hopefully they can they can do something with that nice feed they got. It would be nice to see some of these stars stay a little bit longer in Serie A, but I think for somebody with the potential of Diallo, it's good to be it's good to be in the Premier League. It's good to be with a team like Manchester United, and and all the best to him. That's 
And that wraps it up. Thank you so much for checking us out. This has been Left Foot Finish Calcio Edition for Match Day 18. Forza Zuri. <laughs>